Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. This summer, as Jürgen Norbert Klopp and Michael Blue Eyes Edwards go panning for gold in this summer's transfer market, I thought I'd begin this special episode with a story related to a real search for riches. Around ten years ago, at the time when Jordan Brian Henderson was starting out his glistering career at Liverpool Football Club, an American multi-millionaire with a rather splendid name of Forrest Fenn had a rather eccentric idea. Mr Fenn decided that the best way to encourage more people to go out and explore his beloved great outdoors was to take a metal box, fill that box with two million dollars worth of gold and precious gems, bury that box somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, and then publish his memoirs, including a cryptic poem about the treasure's whereabouts. What followed was a ten-year hunt that captivated many, some in nefarious ways. Mr Fenn and his family had to endure stalkers, death threats, home invasions, frivolous lawsuits and a potential kidnapping. In the hunt, four people actually lost their lives looking for this treasure, but finally, on June the 6th last year, 2020, a medical student called Jack Strueth finally located the box. Mr Strueth said that he'd been obsessing over the poem and the box for at least two hours of every day of the two years leading up to the moment when he unearthed it in Wyoming. At the end, probably because of the tragic element of what happened to those poor four people who had died looking, he felt no elation. The moment it happened was not the triumphant triumphant Hollywood ending some surely envisioned, he said. It just felt like I had survived something and was fortunate to come out the other end. I believe it's worth noting in these bling-bling times we live in where gold and riches are seen as some kind of endgame or cherished dream that sometimes the search can be both painful and fruitless. In the poem, Alas, from the hundred-year-old book Troopers of the Gold Rush by Constance Rourke, the narrator laments, I've been to California, and I haven't got a dime. I've lost my health, my strength, my hope, and I have lost my time. I've only got a spade and pick, and if I felt quite brave, I'd use the two of them ere things to scoop me out a grave. Also a hundred years ago, a Minnesota folk singer called M.C. Dean, no relation to either M.C. Hammer or Mike Dean, 
wrote a song called The Klondike Miner, in which the protagonist is a man dying from the cold, harsh environment of northwestern Canada. That was part of the Alaska Klondike Gold Rush. And the protagonist repines. Tell my brother and companions, if ever you get back east, that this blooming Klondike country is no place for man or beast. For the mountains are too rugged, and the weather is too cold, and the wheat fields of Nebraska lead a better grade of gold. Here, an honest day of labour won't buy a pound of grease, and the price of leather biscuits is sixty cents apiece. Tell my father not to sorrow with a sorrow deep and dense, for I would not thus have perished if I had a lick of sense. Anyway, moving on, thank you very, very, very much for listening. Whoever and wherever you are, be careful what you wish for out there. You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast. support us on Patreon for as little as one US dollar per month, which is cheaper than crisps. Or you can tell your auntie's secret lover about Copon. Copon is and always will be free, ad-free, and all for you, you bouncy little Hufflepuff. Welcome everybody to Copon Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted that you're joining us for a Copon special where we're gonna we're gonna play Michael Edwards. We're gonna we're gonna play his role. I mean, you know, many people have. Um, you know, I remember. You know, they've they've many actors have played some great roles down the years. Robert Powell did a fabulous uh, attempt at Jesus, and uh, we're gonna do our best at attempting um, someone who's perhaps not quite on a similar level as a deity, but he's he's approaching, uh, in my point of view, from my point of view, Mickey E, the marvelous mixter. Um, so uh, I'm I'm. Uh, Completely thrilled to be joined uh, by Brian in Hong Kong, by Jamie in Liverpool. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Jamie, uh, before we get on to the transfer, um, you know, game that we, we have uh, put together for today's episode. Um, I just want a few words about uh, our captain Henderson, because um, uh, he's been a red for 10 years now. Uh, and it's been a beautiful, beautiful ride, hasn't it, Jamie? Oh, it's been it's been brilliant. Obviously, it didn't get off to the the best of starts. There was a lot of questions over his over his price tag and what position he actually played as well. He actually came to the club and played as a right winger in his in his early days. But once he sort of grew up and and matured as a footballer, then he moved into the middle of the park. Um, everything's just gone really well for him. I think I think his absence in twenty fourteen in the running really showed um, he'd played excellent that season in that, in that title challenge. And I think if he might have stayed fit, we might have had a, had a better chance of winning it. Um, and then since then, since he took the armband off, off, I reckon the hardest captain in maybe in football to follow because Gerard was that influential for him to follow on. And not only you know, do it adequately to, to accelerate it. You know, the way he's led this team over the past six years has been nothing short of exemplary. 
um, some of his performances. And I think it's a mark of the player that we don't just talk about him when he's in the team. We talk about him when he's out of it as well. And I think that's really important about him. And, you know, you think back to some of his moments, some of his, you know, great goals. I can think of two. He scored in pretty quick succession against Chelsea and Man City. Um, the Southampton goal. Um, you know, the passion in which he's showed at full-time in games, such as the, the Champions League final and, and other games like that. You know, he's just he's just a, an exemplary man um, and footballer. And I don't think his football gets talked about enough. For me, um, I think he's an excellent footballer. I'd put him on a par with with names such as Sergio Busquets, who've been talked about in in glowing terms through the years. You know, I think he is as good as him with the ball and without the ball. Um, so yeah, I hope there's a few more years of him to come. You know, hopefully he can you know be at the club when he's 33, 34, and still contributing like like James Milner does, as long as we manage his his. Um, his fitness, I think he can be an important player for another couple of years yet, at least. Absolutely superb. Thank you very much, Jamie. Yeah, wonderful tribute there. Um, his, his total games for Liverpool, 392. Um He's got 30 goals and, and 49 assists, but there's so much to his game, Brian, to see how he's developed. I mean, you know, I just, you know, always refer to him as, as a monster now because he has truly become um, a monster over these years. And, and it really has been joyful to watch his development, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a very, very special player. Um, I, I, I've been a huge fan of his from absolutely day one i mean i remember when he signed for us um you know because he came from sunderland people kind of looked down on that he wasn't really an exciting the exciting signing that the fans were wanting at the time and, and he actually came you know when he signed he came to quite a, a strong looking liverpool uh midfield um anyway but i mean the, the fact that he's been playing premiership football um since the age of 17 and and holding down a a, a place in various teams from from that point onwards uh, speaks absolute volumes to just how good he is. I mean, he he just flies under the radar because he's so unassuming um, as a guy, um, and he's he's developed. He's just become stronger and stronger. And you're right; he really is a monster, and he's an you know he's an unassuming monster. If you if there's such a thing, people don't really um expect the the ferocity that comes from him. I mean I think I mean people know it now, right? Because he's the captain of Liverpool and probably the most successful captain in the modern of Liverpool in the modern game. Um and uh yeah he's just brilliant. And and one thing I have noticed about him which really as as Jamie said just there um I mean to follow Steven Gerrard uh, I mean you're on a hiding to nothing there, right? You know it's uh very, very difficult to step outside of step out of that shadow and create your own legacy. Um, but that's what he's done. He really has. And I think I noticed, like in in recent years, he's so. I think Klopp has had really a good uh, effect on him. I mean, the latest um, spat. You know, I think Roy Keane came out with some nonsense during the week, uh, as he as he regularly does. And I just thought Jordan Henderson's response to it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He just, you know, brushed it off like it was nothing and made it made a joke of it, which is you can imagine Klopp doing. So I mean he's a he's a captain that we can all be very proud of, both on and off the pitch. He's absolute quality. 
it's his off the pitch thing that that also um he, he he's just so likable isn't he i mean you know he's he's been very um forthright in helping people you know uh, contributing to to charities to the food banks he's a he's an ambassador for the nhs um he's you know vocally anti racist um you know he's pro the rights of uh, lgbtq people excuse me got to get that that acronym right um but uh, yeah we, and it's just fantastic he reflects the sort of you know the the open and uh, you know uh, embracing people um vision that i think bill shankly had when he when he sort of took liverpool from a second division team to the heights of of uh, european football world football uh, and uh, it's that kind of you know i think bill shankly would absolutely adore him and you can't ask for a better compliment uh, you know, as as a Liverpool player, than an endorsement from the great Shanks, I would imagine, and you know, I'm sure Shankly would have absolutely loved him. Um, yeah, Jordan Henderson. I mean, it's just yeah, I don't know. All the best. Here's to you, Jordan Henderson. If I drank alcohol, I would raise a glass of champagne to him. But in fact, I don't. Uh, I've just got a cup of coffee, and um, I'm going to have a sip. <sighs> Delicious. Um, right, uh, so now uh, the transfer uh, window game. This has been on several podcasts. Uh, the Anfield Wrap, the marvellous Anfield Wrap have done it. The Day Trippers, the excellent LFC Day Trippers, they've done it as well. Um, but what they don't have in their uh, versions, although they try to be realistic, it, it, they don't have any sort of... Um, stipulations as to what realistic means but for this game for for cop on today what I've asked Jamie and Brian to do and what I've done myself is actually um, look at a realistic transfer window um, we're going to tell you where we think uh, Liverpool needs to uh, improve, who we need to sign and why. Uh, but it's based on uh, Mark Ogden, who's the senior football writer from ESPN, um, who came out with a figure of 50 million. And he's heard, I mean, he, he writes a lot about Manchester United. He's got no particular ties to Liverpool. Um, but he uh, he also um, had a video that has been taken off social media where he was uh, mocking Harry Kane. So I think maybe we could we could respect what he says, Mark uh, Mark Ogden. Anyway, um, he called Harry Kane very boring, and he, he ended up doing an impression of him. Um, it was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, um, um, Mark Ogden said we've got fifty million to spend after the Conate signings. We're not counting Conate. We've got fifty million to spend plus the money that we we get from sales. So, um, for the sales, I've asked uh, Brian and Jamie uh, again to 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 limit the sales to 90 million, which is broken down as such. I have suggested that Origi, Shakiri, and Kater must go. They must be sold. And the figures that I've I've plucked, I think are realistic figures, are 10 million for Origi, 22 million for Shakiri, and 25 million for Kater. And I've based these figures on um, a sort of market, um, uh, I don't know what the, a market indicator, uh, which is Emi Buendia going for 35 million. 
to Aston Villa. Great player. Wish we'd signed him. Um, so you've got 10 million for Origi, 22 million for Shakiri, 25 million for Cater, and then other players, um, 33 million. Uh, so you get 33 million from Harry Wilson, 15, uh, Marco Grujic, 13, and Ben Woodburn, 5 million. So they, they, those are the outs, and it comes to a total of exactly 90 million, which is very easy for our game. So there we go. I hope that's clear. Origi, Shakiri, and Cater have gone. Wilson, Grujic and Woodburn have gone. We've got we've raised 90 million that way. We've got the 50 million that Mark Ogden um, said that that's our transfer budget for the summer. So uh, I'm going to start with Jamie and I'm going to ask you, who are you bringing in and why? Well, I always look at um, the team as a whole. And I think with the signing of Ibrahim Akanate, I think that's... That's the defence pretty much sorted. Um, I think when when you look at good teams like we are, our strongest eleven is is pretty much spot on. Um, I think we all know who our starting eleven will be come the first game of the season if everyone's fit. Um, that's Alison Trent. I think it'll be Gomez and Virgil if they're both fit, and Andy Robertson, uh, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, Salah, Firmino, Mane. So, when you look at a team that good, when you're looking to supplement it, you know, you talk about um, the outs that we've had. I just think one signing in each part of the team is is what's needed. So, um, we've signed a defender, which is Canate. I think we're going to keep Phillips, which by all indications is true. So, we don't need to sign another defender, in my opinion. Um, so, I was looking at a goalkeeper. And I think we should be really having a good look at Ben Foster on a free transfer if we can get him in. Um, I think he's a good, solid, experienced keeper. And if we do sign him, it'll allow us to send Quivine Kelleher out on loan and get some number one experience somewhere because I think he needs that. We could have another, you know, not to not to build that up too much. We could have another uh, a Thebo call to add on our hands here. Where we've got a young keeper who needs to develop. Like they, like Chelsea had with him, so I think we need to prioritise a number two keeper to come in to allow him to go out on loan. Um, looking at looking then at defence, obviously Canate is done. Um, I think we don't really need to add anything in there. Um, then I looked at midfield. Um, I think we need someone who's versatile, who's got a good work rate, and above all, is ready to come in and potentially play 30 games for Liverpool next season. Um, the player I've gone for, and I think we should be going all out to target him, is Yuri Tillemans at, at Leicester. I, I just think he's a superb footballer. I think he's got the engine. Um, he's technically good on the ball. We saw it in the FA Cup final. He's got a good strike on him as well. Um, but I just think everything about him says to me that he could be a Liverpool player. Um, I think a bit of, I think a bit of somewhere around the 60, 70 million mark will, will get him. Um, hopefully he has a good Euros, not too good. Otherwise there might be other teams in for him. But I just think he, he screams Liverpool and I think we should be doing everything we can to try and get him, him through the door. Um, and then I looked at forwards. Um, I think we need a versatile forward. I don't think we need to, 
you know, people are craving a number nine, and I just don't think that suits with what Liverpool want. We want we want fluid movement throughout all facets of the team. We want a striker who can drop back, go out to the wing. You know, we, we don't need a, an out and out forward. We don't need a number nine. That's my that's my opinion. Um, so if we were looking, you know, to go down that route of getting someone versatile. Um, there's there's two options for me, and I can't pick which one I'd rather have. There's Rafinha at Leeds, who I think had a really good season for them last season. Um, he was he, he looked excellent every time I watched him play. Um, and there's another option. It's Leicester again, actually. Weirdly, I'm I'm looking at raiding Leicester twice. Um, Harvey Barnes. Now he had a great start to last season, but then got injured. And had a bit of problem with that, but I think that lad is on the the edge of the edge of becoming a great player, a really top player. And I think that's what Liverpool needs: someone who who could be a great player for the forward line because we've got three great players. Four, if you include Diogo Jota in that. So I think maybe looking at someone like Harvey Barnes as someone who can learn off the front three for a couple of years and then step into one of their shoes could be a really astute signing. I think, Rafinha could be that as well. It's just whether you take homegrown into account, because um, obviously, you know, you always need more homegrown players. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I think it's a pretty much straightforward window for us. We just need to sign a couple of players to supplement what we've already got. Um, and they were the three names that come into my mind. I just wanted to see what you guys thought of the choices of Tielemans, Rafinha and Barnes um, and which one you'd pick out of Rafinha and Barnes if they're two that you think could be achievable? It's a, it's a great question and, and, and a lovely answer. Um, but so, so just to be clear, you're, you're choosing either Rafinha or Barnes, right? You're, you're not signing both? Uh, no, I don't think we need both. You know, we've got... Um, we've got, obviously, the front three as it is. We've got Diogo Jota. Um, we've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who can fit in there. I think he will have a part to play next year. I think um, I think Klopp really trusts him, and I think he can he can fill that front three position if needed, you know, on the wing somewhere. But I think he'll primarily play midfield. And there is a big there is a big factor coming back next year. I think a lot of people might have not forgotten about him, but it's Harvey Elliott, and Harvey Elliott I think is going to come back and play a role next season. I don't know what that role is. But I think he's got, and I don't want to sign too many players in that position that might block his route through to the first team. So I think it's one of, I think we'll only sign one forward player and they were my two picks. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's an interesting one about Harvey Elliott. Oh, sorry, there's some construction going on. Uh, you, uh, you might be able to hear it um, intermittently when I speak. So sorry for the listeners for that. Uh, lots of people are re- renovating their bathroom in my building, which is interesting. Uh, interesting, as in, I don't know, interesting to nobody, really. Um, but yeah, no, um, I really like what you're saying, Jamie, um, about Harvey Elliott. When... Mo Salah goes to the Olympics, which will, which I completely forgot about. I think it's, um, you know, it'll t- it might take take him out for a few games of, of the season for the Olympics, and then of course you've got the Afcon in January. Um, that's you're talking about um, Chuck and Harvey Elliott in possibly as an option there uh, on the right side of attack. But then if you have Rafinha, of course Rafinha can play there. Harvey Barnes, um, he probably won't be back. 
uh, from injury because uh, he had a second knee operation um, in in March. Uh, I think it was in March, but he, he's had two knee operations. The first one didn't work, and um, uh, I'll, I'll talk about my my. <laughs> that's my main objection for Harvey Barnes at, at the moment. But uh, I'm, I, I'm hang on. I'm waffling. I'm going on a bit. Um, Harvey Elliott. Yes, I think possibly he's got a role to play. But I'm going to tell you what I think about that. After I get Brian's reaction, so so Brian, Jamie's Jamie's gone for uh, Yuri Tielemans uh, in midfield, so that would leave us with uh, Jordan Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, James Milner, uh, Oxlade Chamberlain, Tielemans, and Curtis Jones as our as our main midfielders. I don't think I've forgotten anybody there, but I might have done. Um, and uh, in attack, so either Rafinha or Harvey Barnes. Uh, plus uh, Chamberlain could play there. Of course, we've got Sadio Mane, uh, Takumi Minamino, still around, um, Mo Salah, Harvey Elliott, uh, Bobby Firmino and Diogo Jota. Uh, what, what, what would you think of that window, Brian? Do you think that's a, those, those are some good ideas? And of course, the Ben Foster loan deal. Yeah, no, I think uh, Jamie speaks a lot, talks a lot of sense there. Um, it's funny because um, I, I don't normally prepare too much for these shows because <laughs> I'm not the, that's the kind of sloppy guy that I am you know um but this particular one I know it's because my day job is a <laughs> is a headhunter right um I thought oh I'll get the laptops out I'll start scouting get the football I'll fire up football manager uh, start looking across uh Europe and seeing what's out there because I, I don't want to look like a complete fool when we start talking about transfers and um if you if you go to the middle of the pitch I mean I totally agree uh with Jamie on um uh Yuri Tillemans I mean I I actually when I seen him play and I seen him score that screamer he just looked like a young genie Wijnaldum didn't he I mean he just he really looks like the complete footballer and I mean I tell you I I, I've identified five targets and I've that I've had two top uh signings that I'm hoping that we go out and get a la um Alison Becker and Fabinho that window where we just went out and went bosh bosh you know or you know with Virgil van Dijk as well I think we need two big signings um and that will give us goals and uh quality oh hang on Brian hang on hang on just one second just one second uh, but before we get on to before we get onto your choices I, I just want to give Jamie a bit more feedback on his on his choices okay so do you think that with um do you think that with uh, uh, Ben Foster on a free, sorry, I said a loan deal before. No, of course, a free and then sending Kelleher out on loan. Um, you know, do you think that's a good idea? I think that's a cracking idea, personally. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I looked at the goalkeep- our goalkeeping setup. And I, I just thought, yeah, we're good there. You know, we've got uh, obviously the best goalkeeper in the world. And then we've got uh, Quivin, and he's a great up and coming player. Yeah, he probably needs time. Right. So I, didn't, I wasn't thinking that. But yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then we got that Italian, uh, not the Brazilian uh, lad, uh, backing him up, right? So if I didn't know that Ben Foster, because I was looking around at Freeze and seeing who was knocking about, I didn't. Ben Foster didn't come come up on anybody's list. So if, if Ben Foster is available, yeah, sign him. He's he's a great number two, probably the best number two in the league. Um, so I'd be all over. I think that's a brilliant idea. Excellent. And uh, but and and don't you think? I mean, because my my. I mean, you said you've gone you've gone for Tielemans as well in midfield, have you? Well, no. I mean, in in midfield, I've got two. So my number one target actually in uh, midfield was Pedro 
uh, Gonclaves. I think I'm probably not pronouncing this name correctly. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it looks like Gonclaves. Okay, I, I'm big on my pronunciation these days, but but it's actually it's actually Gonzales. Uh, Gonzales. Uh-huh. You don't pronounce the V and the the C with the little number five on the bottom is a, is like a, a Z or or like a, an S sometimes. But Gonzales. Okay, well, so yeah, so in the middle of the pitch, it's it's a, it's a straight shootout between those two players, Pedro Gonzalez and Yuri Telemines. Now, I think Yuri Telemines is pitch perfect for us, complete like a no brainer. Like, go out, pay them the money. How much money do they want? Give it to them, um, and he will fit into our team like a glove. I, I really, I, I I think that's a no brainer. Um, what? It, like Pedro was my first choice because I just think he has got the potential to be an absolute monster, global, like a superstar. Uh, and I mean, I think he he had the sec uh, the second best uh, goal score and tally as for a midfielder in European football the last campaign. And uh, he's very very versatile, so he can play on either wing, he can play in the ten, um, which I think. Klopp likes to keep a small squad um, and, you know, one of the best ways to uh, squeeze talent into a s- small squad is that they can play f- a few different positions so you can k- give people uh, minutes on the pitch. So uh, either one of those uh, would be would be would be good for me. And I mean, I but, I, you know, when I was doing my research on, on these various different players uh, and I went to go look for them, it turns out, we, you know, a lot of the people that I, that I identified supposedly we are talking to right now from very credible sources. So I believe uh, we're in discussions with Yuri uh, Tillemans at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a great show. He, he's one of the most suited players to, for our club I've seen in years in the middle of the pitch. I think he's a great player. So either one of those would be, would be my, my choice. But Yuri, if, to, to answer your original question, yes, I think Yuri's a great idea. Uh, in the middle of the pitch, because I think that's the only midfield player that uh, Jamie mentioned, right? Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And this is my this is my problem with 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 both of your choices. Sorry, to only sign one midfielder. Um, it... No, I've got more. I've got more. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, you're 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 gonna you're gonna sign another midfielder. You're gonna sign two midfielders. Who's your second one? So my first choice is uh, one of those. Well, I say my first choice. Either one of those, like, would be my second big signing of the summer, right? So my first big signing would be a striker. I'll get on to him in a second. But the other people that are knocking about that that we could uh, take a look at. Um, again, I'm probably you're going to help me out with this one, um, uh, Owen. Uh, there's a guy, Hakan Shalagu uh, uh, at Milan is available on a free uh, this summer. I'm sorry, I can't help. I don't know Turkish pronunciation. I'm so sorry. If you're Turkish, please email us. Top on podcast at gmail.com. Send your mail well where to me to, to Fridays. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm absolutely butchering his name. But uh, he looks like quite the player. Uh, and he's had a great season at Milan. And Klopp knows him well from his time at Dortmund. I think he was playing for um, Hamburg uh, at the time. And he, he looks like an absolute class player. And anyway, he's available on a free um, in the summer. And I, I, he just... You know, it's, he looks like he could fit into uh, a Klopp team easily. And then one other, there's two, I've got two other kind of like um, wild cards, shall we say. Uh, Martin 
Odegaard. Uh, I mean, he was the original Kylian Mbappe wonder kid a few years back. He, he was the guy we were constantly being linked to. He's a Liverpool fan and we were all demanding we sign him. And then eventually he went to Real Madrid for stupid money when he was 12. You know, um, I mean, he's still only 22. Um, and uh, he went, you know, Real Madrid sent him out alone couple of seasons running now and he had a great season for Sociedad I, I believe and, uh, and he was pretty tasty for Arsenal uh, when he came um, and uh, I mean all these players that I'm mentioning now, uh, Odegaard uh, Tillemis um, uh, Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez uh, they're all around the 55 million 60 million uh, mark in terms of what it would cost or thereabouts, right? Give or take 10 million, shall we say. Um, and um, I think we need to, I think if there's, if there's some quality players out there, especially quality players that are maybe a little bit more kind of, you know, experienced heads, because I think uh, we're looking, for me, we're looking a little bit light in the, in the middle of the park in terms of players that you know will get onto the pitch. So it's not like we don't have quality there. We obviously have a lot of quality um, in the squad, but a lot of it's questionable in terms of how many games you're going to get out out of those players in in succession. And with Genie leaving us now, you know, one thing that we're losing with Genie is just consistency. He is the most consistent player in our squad in terms of being available. Yeah, this is something that I would like to to put back to Jamie, is that that I, I agree with Brian there. I think we need... Two players to to replace Genie because if you just have one, um, and uh, I really like the idea of, of Tielemans. Um, I've just got a few uh, stats, like a comparison, comparing him uh, to. Uh, I mean, he's, he's quite comparable on Sofa Score. You can compare the radars between Tielemans and Henderson, for example. Quite similar players, um, and uh, you know there are quite a few stats that back that up that he can be uh, you know he can he can grow into an amazing player he's only 24 um, I wouldn't be against Tielemans I do have a few questions about him defensively though but anyway um, if you sign Tielemans then you'd have uh, Jordan Henderson Thiago Fabinho James Milner Chamberlain Curtis Jones um, you know they're the other the other six midfielders and then you've got Tielemans and um, they're all injury prone Jamie apart from uh, Curtis, uh, I would say. I, I mean, Fabinho, uh, he missed games. Thiago missed games. Henderson has always missed games. Milner's started to get injuries. Chamberlain has never played more than, a, you know, 1,500 minutes in a whole season in his career. Um, and I just wonder what your thoughts about that, Jamie. Do, do you, Would you worry um, if... You know, I mean, Brian's idea of signing, of signing, excuse the pronunciation, Kelhanoglu, um, uh, on a free would 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 be a, a good idea, wouldn't it, Jamie? Um, yeah, if there's a cheap option out there, um, then yeah. But I don't think we should be breaking the bank to go and get to go in to get another midfielder. Um, I think I think when you talk about injury prone, I think with I think Thiago actually when he came back from his injury. I mean, we all know what the injury was. It's not like we didn't know. It's not like with Kaita where we we see these injuries popping up and we don't have a clue where they've come from. Thiago, we saw what happened on that day. And actually, when he came back from that injury, I don't think he missed another game. 
um, through injury. So he looked, he's looked pretty durable since that moment, and we know when that moment was. So I'm not overly concerned about Thiago going forward. Um, I think he can play 30, 30 games next season at least. So I'm pretty easy with him. Um, Fabinho, again, we, we, we saw his injuries happen. What, what, when I think of an in, a player as injury prone, um, it's when you can't see the injuries. You know, Kaita, I call injury prone because we never see the injuries happen. Um, they, they seem to happen at random times. Um, just when you think he's fit, he isn't, and things like that. Um, Henderson, yes, I do class him as, as a bit injury prone now, but I think we're going to be clever around his fitness going forward. Um, so I think as long as we, you know, and with the options we've got, we can also potentially go to a four-two-three-one. And if we sign, you know, you mentioned seven names there. If we sign another one, then you know, if we do decide to go down the four-two-three-one route in future, then we couldn't, we might not be able to guarantee whoever comes in enough games, and that'll be the issue. So if there is someone on the cheap, then then great. I mean, the name I looked at, um, he was a player I admired before um, he signed for them, was actually Renato Sanchez. I know this is a really, a really wild shout. Um, he had that ill-fated spell at Swansea. Um, now, this manager loves a rede- bit of a redemption story, doesn't he? He loves redeeming players. And if we could get him on a, on a relatively cheap deal, I think he could he could mould him into a, a really good player because you don't you don't get picked up by Bayern Munich like he did at a young age for no reason. Um, that was a name that that popped into my head as a bit of a wild card. Um, so I, I see what you mean about you know maybe possibly needing an extra midfielder, but I think this manager likes to work in ideals. Um, so ideally, he has the players that he's got available for as long as possible. I don't think he do. I don't think he works in like, I thought the signing of uh, Simicast last summer was a bit out of character for this manager. Cause he doesn't normally sign cover. You know, when, when was the last player we signed that was genuine cover? Um, so I think he deals in ideals and they're either 22, 23 looking to make an impression or there's someone who's ready oven ready for the first team. So that's why I don't think we'll go out big and sign two big midfielders this summer. We might sign one big midfielder who's ready to play 30 games, 35 games. And then if we do, it'll be someone who's a bit of a project. It's very interesting stuff. It's very interesting stuff. Um, Renato Sanchez, I've never been convinced of him. I haven't watched enough of Liga, but I'm just looking at sofa score here. For Defensively, they gave him only 36 out of a hundred, and tackling uh, wise, uh, they gave him fifty-four out of a hundred. It's not very good. Um, with the Hakan, I'm going to say Sel Hagnoglu now. Um, um, he's only got thirty-three defensive uh, out of a hundred, and and fifty-six for tackling. And if you compare to uh, for example, I'll bring it up, that Eve Bissouma, who we've been linked with, he's got uh, 71 uh, tackling and 67 defensively. Um, uh, Wilfred and Didi, who we haven't been linked with at all, has 76 defensively and 70 tackling. And this is something that I wonder if, by by targeting sort of more attacking players, um, 
we're gonna loot, miss out on on the, you know, the 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 beefy player that I would like to see. But before we get into my choices, I want to go back to Brian because you said you've got one big attacker lined up for us. Who's that, Brian? Um, now, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, my screen has just gone off. Oh, yes. So, uh, so yeah, I was, you know, when Jamie was talking earlier on about um, number nine, and we don't need a number nine. Um, yeah, I, I hear what he's saying. I mean, that was kind of my opinion up until I spoke to some fans over here. And uh, a lot of them, the people I was speaking to, us, no, we do. We need a number nine. We need an out-and-out goal scorer. We need, we need to make a statement again. The, our, our front three are all pushing on 30 uh, or thereabouts and um, you know I, I thought last year and actually for a couple of seasons I mean like when we click and we were on it it's you know we're unplayable as a team it just people cannot deal with us um, but the, the problem is we we are quite predictable in terms of how we play in in terms of the the, the strategy the, the way the, the way we play football and because we don't really have an out now number nine really you could never really call bobby that um and so uh i um my my ideal transfer window is we go out and we get two big players one is an out now gold scorer and the other is uh yuri tillemis or uh, or somebody like him in the middle of the pitch. And my out-and-out out score is, and I'm going to kill his his uh, his uh, surname, so I'm hoping uh, on you can jump in again, is um, uh, Dusan Vladovic at Florentina, um, who's just a beast, an absolute beast, a, a, a complete monster of a player. And he's only 21. Um, you know, last season... He, he he was by the numbers the fourth best striker on the planet, and uh, he has a sixty million euro, I think, release clause, and um, he just looks. I mean, he looks like uh, he just looks like the next big thing in football. Um, he, I don't know if he's. I think he's flying under the radar of most, you know, um, football fans who don't follow Italian football. Um, but as soon as you start looking into the numbers, you start looking at, you know, who, who's the next big player in Europe and what they've been doing. This guy pops up everywhere. Um, and if we if we sign somebody like him, um, because I think, uh, look, I know I, I think, you know, I'm happy with what we've got at the moment. But I think Bobby needs somebody uh, to um, put pressure on him because, you know, I think he's kind of, as much as I love the guy, uh, I think he's definitely come off the boil a little bit uh, last season. Understandably, it was a it was a crazy season, crazy circumstances, etc. But I, I think with the rebuild needs to begin in earnest now um, across the team. And I think every every transfer window well every the beginning of every season we need two big players coming in um because the majority of this team is on the older side now and uh, whereas for the longest time they were all kind of young players or players just coming into their perfect ages well we we've lived through that and we've seen great success um but we really do need to start refreshing the squad now and some tough decisions need to be made we can't keep everybody happy all of the time and um if he would be my he would be my out and out number one target for the summer and it would be a statement signing it would be another liverpool are at the top 
of the of the tree we are we are the the biggest if not one of the biggest clubs in europe we just signed the hottest prospect on the planet and he is going to tear up the league so he would be my uh, number one um uh, target for the summer and he would be the one that would kind of uh, uh it, it would not be the easiest uh, player to fit in but i mean the backup plan to that is daka who i believe you know we're we're definitely in talks with the guy from is it is it Leipzig? I'm not. I'm not sure. He's one with one of the RB clubs. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg. Salzburg, right? Yeah. I mean, he was supposed to go to Le- Leipzig. I think I was reading about him today, and and that, that didn't materialize. But I mean, he looks like a great option as well, and he would be one more more along the lines of what Jamie was saying. Somebody who can play across. Uh, seems like he can play in multiple positions. He's probably not totally ready to to demand a place uh in a, in a team like liverpool but his i mean he scored uh 27 goals and had three sits their assists last season playing for that um so he would be a good option but I, I would love us to go out and sign one of the big one of the players that everybody is courting and a player that other fans would go oh shit have you seen who liverpool just signed and i think dusan Blalovic is what is that player he's one of those players there's only five of those players i think knocking around the summer that are like you know at that age he's only 21 as well um so yeah that i i I'd, I'd like to see him i mean i don't know if you guys are familiar with have you seen his work but he he just looks some player i've seen um a few videos i checked him out on youtube because his name has been uh, linked with us as you say he's 21 years old born on january the 28th 2000 um, he has 21 goals and three assists from 37 matches or 2,923 minutes. 21 goals and three assists. Uh, that's just in uh, Serie A. Um, for last season, uh, he played 1,499, almost exactly half the amount of minutes. And he only, in inverted commas, got six goals and no assists. So it really is this season where he's just suddenly hit his uh, hit his form. He showed a wonderful development this season, 21 years old. So I'm assuming then, uh, so Brian's gone for, for Vlaovic. Let's uh, assume that he's got this uh, release clause of, of 60 million. And uh, Brian, I need you to make a choice between Tielemans or uh, Pred- Pedro Gonzalez. Uh, Tillemans. Tillemans. Okay, so Tillemans is is uh, another sixty million, or let's say sixty million. Uh, so that's one hundred and twenty million. Um, you're going to sign the Turkish guy on a free, uh, and and you're going to do the Ben Foster. I think we've all agreed on the Ben Foster free deal and send. Um, I also got another brilliant free. Uh, oh, go on. Uh, Ryan Bertrand uh, at Southampton is available on a free, and uh, he's thirty one. And I just think he would be mustered uh, in terms of uh, uh, somebody who could slot into our team. He can play a little bit higher up the pitch. He's a left wing back, um, you know, it's a player that we looked at many, many times over the years. And uh, I think we need a. I think I, I think you know going into this uh, transfer uh, window, the, the players that we need are the same players we needed last summer. We need uh, we needed left back, in my opinion, anyway. We needed a we don't, defensively we were we're sound. I, you know, I'm very happy with what we've got, but I definitely do think we need a cover at left back um, because um, I just don't think we have enough there. Because if if God forbid uh, Robo has an injury, you know, we're, we're we're not in a good place, and I don't think Millie 
will be able to uh, slot in there like he has done before. So um, I think we need to find a player who is good enough, but also is would be happy to sit on the bench as well. I think Ryan Bertrand was we, one of those players, you know. We, we've we got that. His name's, he's, he's a Greek international, Kostas Simikas, I think. Uh, I get that, but think, we haven't, yeah, but Sorry, Jamie, I was just going to say, I understand that, right? But my only worry about Acosta, Acostas is, is that we just haven't seen him play. We don't, we don't really know what, I mean, when he's come on, he's, he's looked okay. Um, give him credit, you know, but he, I mean, I mean, how, was he injured all of last season or, or, or we just didn't see him. I mean, I, you didn't get any minutes on the pitch. No. So what I think happened there was, um, I think the plan was for him to come in and give Robbo some relief. However, with the, set, the situation at centre half, um, I think both backup fullbacks have been unlucky, Nico Williams and Simakas, because I think that the managers decided that no matter what, I, I need to make these two lads, Trent and Robbo, play as much as possible. Um, I think we'll see. I think we will see a lot more Simakas this season. He's an international left back. Apparently, he's been playing well for Greece in the in the games that he's been playing in the international break. Um, and I think he was just really unlucky at the situation we found ourselves in with centre arts. I think he wants to play Simikas with, you know, first choice centre arts and Nico Williams to that matter as well. I don't think he, you know, how unfair would it have been to feel the back four of, you know, Williams, Williams, <laughs> Phillips and Simikas. You know, I don't think Jesus. the man ever wanted to entertain that possibility. So I think. If he's got his first choice centre half fit, we will see a lot more, um, a little bit more resting of Robbo. And I think he, I think he trusts Samikas. I'll be very surprised if he's sold this season. Um, and I don't think Bertrand's someone I can really get on board with. He doesn't strike me as a great character. You know, he he basically down tools at Southampton um, over his contract, which I'm not, I'm not keen on when I see that happening at other clubs. You know, I, I can't think of the last player we signed we signed that did that kind of thing is of the club. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's my thoughts. Did he, on I, oh yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know he did that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much about the lad. I just know that he's always been one of those uh, exciting type of players who never really kind of reached the kind of the upper echelons of football, but he's always been in the conversation. He's definitely somebody that we've looked at over the years because, like, you know, he's 31 now. I think every transfer window, his name has been mentioned because he's one of the obvious choices. There's, there's such a lack of left-backs in England um, to, to look at anyway, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I know what you mean. I mean, I, I, I just... The, the, the weird thing about... Um, uh, I can't. I can't even pronounce his name. And he plays for our team. Costas will do. Costas will do. Or or Simikas. The second syllable, Simikas. I like what I know. I like what I know about him. I like what I've seen about him. But he's the one Liverpool player over the past ten years that I know the least about. I would say easily, um, who's been in our squad because I just have not seen him play at all, kind of thing. And and because of that. Um, and I also with the with the the way we play and the you know the 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 miles that our wingbacks cover, uh, I think having three options 
in both sides, three solid options in both sides is not a bad uh, a bad place to be. Um, because I think, you know, we, with the with the signings that we've already made um, and protect, projected to make, um, we, we could see some flexibility in terms of what um, uh, formations that uh, Klopp uh, deploys next season. And we could even go with a 3-4-3, three, three, God forbid. But, you know, I, 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 I just think, I still think that the left back situation has has always worried me, and I think we've gotten away, we've got away with it for a couple of seasons now. Like I thought we got away with it when when Mitty kind of slotted in there. I got we definitely got away with it last season. I just I can't I can't I can't believe we managed to get through last season without um, having Robbo um, gone for a protracted period of time. But we we got there. But I think collectively, considering the amount of football that Robbo's played over the the past uh, two seasons and the fact that he's, you know, playing in the Euros again, I, I think it'd be, personally, I think it'd be crazy to go into a new season without another player in that slot to to call upon. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to get on to my choices now because I've got another solution that we haven't talked about. I'm, I'm totally with Jamie. I, I'm not convinced about Bertrand at all, not only because of his character. I mean, if it was six years ago or, you know, before he signed for, for Southampton, I would I was well on the Bertrand train. I was, uh, you know, pulling the, the string to make it go choo-choo when it was, uh, when that was a a possibility when it was on the tracks a few years ago but now no I think he's put on weight I think he's lost um, a a little bit of his pace I think he's uh, he he down tools wrong I mean a few years ago absolutely Brian but I'm going to give more more of a chance to cost us. And another thing that could have happened uh, with uh, Tsimikas at left back last season is when we were in the League Cup and when we were in the FA Cup and these kind of games where he could have come in, that's when he was injured uh, a little bit for for a couple of those rounds and uh, he only played seven minutes in the Premier League. We'll see. We'll see what happens. um, But I do agree that if Robertson does go down, he he would then be our only choice at left back. But my solution is actually he's who played uh, who has played for, for for Napoli for a number of years and he's available on a free um, he can play left back and right back he's uh, he's uh, you know I've got a sofa score things in front of me he's 27 years old born on the 2nd of February 1994 um, he prefers being on the right but he can play on the left and he's just sort of solid you know what I mean he's got solid stats he runs up and down the line he can he can attack he can defend um, he's not you know um, he's not unbelievably think of him as a sort of Steve Finnan type type as in you know consistent he's good he played uh, a lot of matches for a very very good Napoli side uh, and he's available on a free I would bring him in as cover as a right back and left back on a free I think that would be really really sensible business um, in midfield though I'm disagreeing with you both because you've both put in Tielemans who um is is very good, but I think he's a little bit slow defensively. I think he can be. Um, he's not exactly press resistant, although he's he's good at keeping the ball. He's got a marvelous passing range. Um, going forward, he makes a lot of progressive passes. Um, he's he's very very talented, but he's just a little bit slow and not as muscular as I would like. Now, because if let's say Jordan Henderson, it's very very reasonable to suggest that Jordan Henderson and Fabinho. Um, will not be available at at the same time at some point next season like they were this season. 
um, and the season before. Uh, James Milner, uh, uh, likewise, I mean, he's not guaranteed to be um, fit. And even when he is fit, I just... <sighs> I have nightmares of of us of us defending when we lose the ball in midfield. I think that was a lot of the problem in the Villa match. If you look back on it, is they they exploited the le their left hand side, our right hand side, the the spaces behind Thiago, and we didn't we didn't have uh, was it Thiago? I can't even remember. I think it was Thiago, and um, but we didn't have it was just there were just huge gaps, and I think. In the matches when we didn't play well, and there were a lot of them last season, um, the main thing we were missing, in my view, was a destroyer. So I'm going to go with um, Eve Bissouma as, as a destroyer. He would be actually my number one target, because if Fabinho gets injured, you've still got another destroyer there who can take his place. Um, uh, Henderson is also a destroyer, but, you know, so if one of them... if either Fabinho or Henderson is injured, you can still have two, at least two, really good defensive midfielders there, uh, defensive-minded ones who can win the ball, they can get about the pitch, they can disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. So I think it's absolutely imperative that we sign um, one of those. So I've got Bissouma, he's been rumoured for 40 million. Um, it can actually go up to 50 million because I haven't spent all the money. Um, I'm also buying... Florian Neuhaus, who is another defensive midfielder, and you think, my God, that's crazy. But I think Neuhaus, he's 24 years old. Um, let me just uh, bring up uh, his a few stats for you for, for Neuhaus and uh, Bissouma. Um, it's difficult for, in the number six role to find some good... Uh, some good stats, but um, for Bissouma, SofaScore have him as 67 out of 100 defensively, which is very good because they're they're very tight with their <laughs> with their uh, scoring system at SofaScore and 71 for tackling. Um, Florian Neuhaus, they're both uh, 24 years old. Florian Neuhaus is just 24. Uh, he played uh, 2,622 minutes or 33 matches in the Bundesliga for Mönchengladbach. Last season, he got six goals and five assists from the number six position. He's 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 good defensively, if not if not amazing. But he's very very progressive. He's he's a Chabi Alonso type, and he's someone who can sit deep and 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 spray the passes around. And we can really get control because that's what we missed. So if we could get Bissouma and Neuhaus, then we've 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 still got a competitive midfield if let's say for example i think this is entirely realistic with the number of games we're going to play next season that henderson tiago fabinho uh chamberlain and milner are all unavailable at some point and then you're left with curtis and that's it so for me you would have curtis and uh you know uh, maybe one of the Milner or Fabinho or Thiago or Henderson. But you would also have two other great options. You would have Bissouma and you would have Neuhaus. So, I mean, this is maybe it's a little bit fancy because I think it would be difficult to, to persuade them both to come. But I think that's what we need. We need two players to replace Jeannie Vijnaldum uh, and... Um, yeah, just to cover for injuries. And then up front, yes, I agree we need somebody. My problem with Vlaovic, though, um, Vlaovic, he's only had one good season, as I said before, but he's also, he's not the most mobile. He's one metre 90, or which is about six foot three, six foot four, something like that. Tall guy, really powerful. And, and you could argue that we... 
we could do with a, a plan B kind of number nine, um, you know, big lad up front. But I would prefer someone with pace. I really would. Someone with pace. And so Pats and Dacca, he has the 36 million release clause. Um, he can play across the front. He, he actually only started 21 matches in the in the Austrian Bundesliga and he got 27 goals, which is uh, utterly remarkable. Um, he's still young. Uh, let me just uh, bring up his age exactly. He's uh, 22 years old. He'll be 23 in October. Exactly coming into the sweet spot of 23 to 26 years old. And those are my three. And that's why, because I really think... With the two defensive midfielders, you could change, as as you were saying before, Jamie, to a 4-2-3-1. And it doesn't really matter about the injuries because you could have two, if you need two players in each position, then you've got Henderson, Fabinho, Neuhaus and Bissouma as those four players, you know, two in each position for those two holding roles. Um, if you don't play that, if you play the 4-3-3, as, we, as we've been saying, then like... Like I said before, I think we've got we've got enough um, attacking players with 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 Jota with with we would we would have Daka in my in my system. You'd Jota, Daka, uh, Minamino, who I would keep. Uh, Harvey Elliott, I would I would probably keep him at least until January to see you know the maybe the end of the Afcon, January the thirty first. He can go out on loan. Um, you know, and then of course, um, yeah, Salah, Mane, uh, Firmino. We, we'll be loaded up front with Jota, hopefully staying fit this time. And I don't know what you think about all that, uh, Jamie. I mean, have I convinced you that we need, uh, you know, two defensive midfielders or not? Um, it it all comes down to it all comes down to budget at the end of the day. If, if we can get two in at a good price, then. You know, I'm not I'm not against it, but I don't think we should be going to look looking at blow all our budget on two midfielders. Um, like like I sort of, like you say about a number nine. Um, I don't think we do need a number nine. You know, there's only you know a lot of people say, oh, we need more goals from X, or we need more goals from Y. There are only a finite number of goals you can score. You know, um, you can't have. You know, it's. And unless you're, you've got Robert Lewandowski or Harry Kane, for example, the way we play with inverted wingers means that a, a genuine out-and-out out nine, would they get as many goals? Or or would they need to supplement them? Um, necessitate us switching to orthodox wingers? Or, you know, do we want to see Mo Salah not scoring as many goals? Because I think if we had an orthodox nine... I don't think Mo Salah would get the goals he gets because we'd need to supplement that nine. You know, we'd need to feed him more. Um, so that's why I like the idea of signing someone who can play across the front three and, and keep Firmino doing what he's doing. Um, but yeah, two midfielders doesn't sound like a, a bad idea. Um, it just depends on who we can get. I'm not massive on Yves Bissoume, if I'm being honest, because I think he is a bit too defensive-minded. Um, you know, because even Fabinho, as good as defensively Fabinho is, you forget he's got that little clip ball over the top that he can play. He's actually a very good passer of the ball, and he has got a shot on him as well. So I think we need to think about, um, and this manager thinks about as well, is about having well-rounded players in his squad. There's not many players that you look at in that Liverpool squad and go, he can only do one job in. 
you know, there's not meant much of that at all. And I, I don't think this manager will look at signing anyone who can only do one job. You've got to be able to do a lot more if you want to play for, for this manager. I don't know if it's one job with Basuma exactly, but it is a fair point in terms of progressive passes. Um, he's only in the 30th percentile in in uh, the top five European leagues, according to fbref.com, uh, at 3.33 progressive passes on average per 90 minutes. And then progressive carries, he's on 4.47. That's the 58th percentile. But he's in the 86th percentile for dribbles completed. He can drop a shoulder, can Bissouma. And he's very, very, very good at uh, keeping the ball, 86.9% uh, pass completion. Uh, and his tackles are in the 94th percentile. His interceptions in the 84th percentile. His blocks are in the 71st. And his clearances in the 75th percentile compared to all midfielders from the top five leagues in Europe. So I think he's good at tackling, intercepting, blocking, clearing. He's good at dribbles. He's good at pass completion. I think he's I think he's a re- well-rounded player. And regarding the uh, price tag I, I do think they would sell for I mean you know we could get him for like 50 million uh, if we got him for 50 million I think Brighton would sell and uh, you know Neuhaus would cost 50 million and Dakar 36 million and that's 4 million under uh, the uh, the budget of 140 million with Hisai coming in uh, right back stroke left back and with uh, the excellent Ben Foster idea um, uh, you know in goal I would be absolutely delighted with that window but what what about you Brian what do you think about my more my more defensive minded things and also what do you think about you know Vla, Vlahovic I mean your your pronunciation was, was, was admirable because it ends in I C with a C with a little lot of, sort of accent on which is itch okay so Vlahovic is absolutely fantastic but his first name is it looks like Dusan but the S has a little V on top and that changes the S to an SH so it's Dusan Vlahovic, and that was absolutely marvellous pronunciation. Um, but the problem uh, that uh, both Jamie and I have with him is that, you know, maybe we don't need a number nine because, you know, Sadio Mane can play there, uh, Jota could play there, if we get another person who can play off, off the left or the right, and uh, someone with pace. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, no, I hear you. And I, I, I look, I was kind of of that thinking myself until I spoke to a few people. I mean, look, I'm not, it's, it's, uh, it's, Stick or twist with with um, with that question about uh, who do you get up front? Because um, if you don't go down the route of signing somebody like an an, an out and out number nine, or whatever, then it then it makes it more. Uh, it opens up your options quite a lot. I mean, another player that we haven't mentioned, I thought might be a bit of a wild card, is uh, Adama Triori. Because um, uh, I, I, you know, I I see with the front four. I, I can see um, with playing the different systems that you've mentioned there, we can squeeze, a, we can get four players onto the pitch and not all four players are going to be available at all the time. And uh, whether they're true injury or true rotation or true form. Um, so um, even though we're well covered there, I think, um, you know, signing another player, like that's why I loved about Jota. I mean, Jota was just such a, or Yota, uh, it was such a great signing because he he was just the right level 
of player to breed down the neck of, of, of what we already had. And that's exactly what he's done, uh, injuries aside. And I'm with you in the middle of the park. I, I, I absolutely, 100%, we need to sign two players in the middle of the park that can start um, and that can push. Because we can play in an ideal, we can look at our squad, and we always do this as fans, we always look on the bright side, and we always look, we try to kind of uh, round things up when it comes to players being available and whatever, and it never turns out like that, you know. I, unfortunately, I guarantee you, Oxlade-Chamberlain will not be available this for next season. He'll be on our books, and I love the guy, and he's great, and he'll come on, he'll do a little bit, but then he'll go missing for months. Uh, because he'll do something, he'll he'll pull up Hammy or something like that or whatever. And uh, as much as I love Curtis Jones and he's a great player, I mean we we can't um, we can't put our season on Curtis Jones um, being the savior. So I think you know with with uh, with Genie going out, if we're saying Nabby's also going out, um, then that's that's a lot of quality going out the door right there just those even though Naby didn't really get on the pitch um that often but he was still a brilliant player to have in your squad or or we were all hoping i mean he still might stay who knows uh um that you know he's a he's a top top quality player uh i just think um like last summer i remember distinctly having doing the podcast uh, before the season saying we don't need a strike we don't need a defender do we we don't need a defender we all went no we don't need a defender we're fine we've got we've got we've got plenty of cover and actually i think we did have plenty of cover i just think it was it was the worst possible scenario that nobody could ever imagine what happened to us on on the defensive side um but this summer going into the, the transfer window uh yes we clearly i look i i feel very strongly that we clearly need to make a couple of signings in the middle of the pitch because we will get found out very quickly if we don't because as you say yeah if we if if hendo tiago and fabinho are playing and they're available then that's brilliant and and jamie's right i mean i think tiago is pretty pretty reliable i'm not i wasn't worried about tiago actually getting on the pitch and i'm not really worried about fab getting on the pitch either because Yes, we we know where their injuries came from. That 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 point is a is a very good point. And actually, in some ways, we know with Hendo as well. We know what his problems are, and if we can manage them better, we can have more available. But then everybody else, there's a, just a shrew of different players that we don't know who where their where their injuries are coming from. And also, just the, the I just think the uh, the uh, the quality drops off quite a bit really when you start going down the squad in that particular area so we need at least one and you're right i think a good we don't actually fabinho is the only dm really the natural dm that we have at the club um so i'd be i'd be happy to sign someone like uh tillemans and and a dm uh like a, maybe we can meet halfway in the middle and you're and the weather player you mentioned earlier on um who can play right back and left back Oh, they're my absolute favorite players to sign in championship manager. I always sign a player who can play in right back and left back <laughs> um, as a as a as a backup or as a starter because um, we we I think we definitely do that. So if we could get him, I would even change. He would be my number one signing this summer. <laughs> wherever that kid, wherever he is, get him in. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, just wrapping up. I mean, the the thing at the front. I mean. The most obvious choice up front is, yeah, let's get a versatile player who can play across the, the three, the front three, who can slot into the system 
and who who can hang with the boys, but perhaps doesn't maybe doesn't put too much pressure on them. But I think maybe we're going into this summer. Um, we may be in the market for, to make a bold move. Um, and we've made a bold move a couple of seasons ago by signing Becker, by signing Verge. Um, we've just signed with Nike. Um, we haven't really signed a big player, um, you know, since for a couple of seasons now. And I think it's the time is just about right to sign a big statement player. And that's why I'm I'm kind of leaning towards someone like Dusan. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I mean, one thing I will say is that whoever we sign, it'll they'll be mustered because Edwards is an absolute genius. He's a complete genius. He can smell the deal in the water, and it, like I, I just it, it, it warms my bosom, uh, and it, it, it gives it warms the the heart of me when I hear other um, fan channels just like talking about Edwards and Liverpool's transfer strategy with just yearning they're like oh they're just so well run they're such a good well well run club and liverpool are doing early business again i mean you could just see it they were just they it destroyed them that we uh got the um canate deal done early doors so whoever we sign i think uh it'll be great and i but i do think we're in for a, a bigger summer than people might think i think this this there's going to be four or five signings coming in yeah, excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, it is, we are all playing, um, you know, football manager here, and you're absolutely right to pay homage to the to the, to the the man, uh, Mickey, he, who's he's just, he's, just, he's a marvel. Um, I, I'm on Twitter, um, I want to get your reaction to a few a few tweets of it, I, uh, so a few replies I got to, because I asked people on Twitter, what would you do if you had 140 million uh, to spend on improving Liverpool? Um, a couple of people, uh, very good. Uh, they said to, if, to improve Liverpool, if you've got 140 million, I'd demolish Goodison Park and that would improve Liverpool as a city. And uh, that's a very good answer. Uh, but uh, a few more <laughs> genuine responses to the um, to the question. Uh, somebody, um, Tosh, uh, at Shaw Tosh, uh, said uh, it would, he would spend it all on Jao Felix, which is very interesting uh, because after last season, uh, Tosh thinks we need more creativity and upgrade on the reserve keeper as well. Uh, you know, um, so there you go. He, but he would spend it all on Jao Felix. Okay. And then uh, Daniel, who's at Top Gear D, uh, said he would spend it on Graven Birch, 40 million, the young uh, Dutch hotshot, Kamavinga, the young. Uh, French hotshot for 50 million and Jeremy Doku who's who only got two goals last season uh, playing for I believe it was Rennes in Liga um, but he's uh, 19 years old and, and, and perhaps the future of Belgian football um, so Daniel reckons we'd be able to get him for 25 million and uh, one more um, idea uh, just to give you one more uh, yes so uh, at replicant L10 uh, says we should sign Daka, Auer and Tielemans and if we can uh, a, a right back to back up TAA so I don't know what do you do any of those uh, ideas uh, uh, jump out at you as a good one Jamie or or do they jump out as you as perhaps uh, not the best idea um, in short no um, none of those names really inspired me at all I think Felix is <laughs> Is a mad one. Why would why would Atletico sell someone they paid 106 million pounds for? 
Um, unless it was a monster profit, I can't see them doing that. And I'm not really that that big on him anyway. Um, the Doku shouts are semi-interesting, but I don't think he's quite... Um, no, I don't think he, he should be a priority. No, none of the names there really really stuck out to me. Um, I'm happy with Nico Williams back in back in Trento. I think, you know, hopefully he has a good Euros with Wales and people see that he's he is a decent young lad. The the criticism he got last season after the Lincoln game was was horrible. And uh, no, I think I think um, no, nothing really jumped out at me there as a as a reasonable option. Okay, well that's uh, fair enough, absolutely. Uh, it's a game of opinions, that's absolutely superb. Um, yes, uh, I would I would loan Nico Williams out with, with, with signing Hisai, if I could persuade Hisai to come, because that would again give us another option, moving Trent into midfield even. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would loan uh, Nico Williams, I'm, I'm a Wales fan and a Malta fan, they're my two international teams, and... Um, um, it's so well, international football is really not much fun to be honest. But uh, I do watch the Wales matches, and uh, Nico Williams is a he, he's a real talent. Uh, but Brian knows that already. Uh, Brian, uh, you know any of those ideas? I'll give you some more. Uh, I'll give you some more. Hang on, um, hang on. I'm trying to find some more. Some people, as I said, they you know the Jurgenort thinks we should buy a giant pizza for 140 million, and that's a Another excellent idea. Um, uh, Paul, uh, at Force22M, uh, uh, says we should sign Awa Vlaovic as well, Daka and Sabitzer. So we've got some some interesting names there. Um, you know, a midfielder and a striker. Everyone's saying we should sign a, at least one midfielder. Uh, but there you go. What do you think of any of those names? I mean, the, what about the Gravenberch, Kamavinga, uh, those kind of shouts? Uh, what do you reckon, Brian? Yeah, well, listen, I just, I agree with Jamie. Uh, you know, our listeners just don't know what they're talking about. They're just absolutely talking out of their arse. What, a sh- what, what the worst <laughs> list of players I think I've ever heard no, in my entire bad. life. <laughs> Useless suggestions, really. Come on, let's be honest. Um, uh, no, no, I didn't really, nothing really said. <laughs> jumped off the page. <laughs> It's out of the names that you uh, you mentioned there, so uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm only kind of half joking when I say that. <laughs> um, okay, I disagree with you both. I th- no, I I'm think joking. I'm joking. I think it was brilliant. No, I really do. I'm only I'm, no, I'm 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 joking. Just let's be clear. I'm not. I didn't say that. There's just so many names that I couldn't really kind of hone in on any particular one. Um, it's okay. So yeah, Kamavinga is a player who's uh, you know people say that he dropped his form dropped a little bit this season. I mean, it's to be expected. I mean, he's 18 years old and he's been overplayed for a couple of years. Uh, but he's an amazing left-footed uh, um wonder kid. Uh, hopefully he can keep his feet on the ground, keep working hard and keep improving. I mean, he's in the 94th percentile for dribbles completed, the 97th percentile for tackles, uh, the 88th percentile for presses in from midfield and uh, the 87th percentile for progressive carries and the 89th percentile for pass completion at 89.5% for an 18-year-old midfielder born in Angola. Absolutely fabulous stats for for Kamavinga and I've seen him on a few games, kept my eye on him for the last couple of years and he's been, uh, wow, wow, really, truly, truly, uh, he's going to be a big player for his 
whatever club he ends up for and uh, his country as well. Um, but yeah, I, so that that one's very, uh, very interesting one. Uh, Graven Birch as well. Ryan Graven Birch from Ajax. He's uh, 19 years old, 32 matches in the Eredivisie, six Champions League matches and five Europa League matches last season uh he's in his stats are very good he's in the 98th percentile for interceptions uh dribbles completed 89th percentile 88th percentile for progressive carries 87th for progressive passes so and his other stats his attacking stats are pretty good for a midfielder as well he's just looks like a good all-rounder in midfield who who can uh you know, certainly he would certainly improve many, many, many teams. But uh, that sort of brings us to the end of this uh, transfer episode. It's been really, really interesting. I, I really want to thank you uh, both for for, for joining me. Um, I've got to get off because I've got to go and uh, teach English now. I've got to get back to the day job. But I'm certainly going to, you know, keep keep uh, keep dreaming about uh, Liverpool's transfer windows. Keep on checking the mad the mad world of Twitter. Checking the uh, you know, it, it, like you will, I'm sure, like everybody will, just just, just stay on top of the news and uh, get very, very excited when we sign one. Uh, when we sign someone, Conete, absolutely superb, uh, great way to start the summer. Uh, get well soon, Trent, uh, and uh, thank you very much um, to Brian and to Jamie for, for, for joining me. For, I really, really enjoyed it, and I loved hearing your ideas. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Jason.